This is the Urban Astronomer Podcast. Uh, hi, welcome to the Urban Astronomer Podcast, but it's a special edition this time. Uh, I previous guest on the show, uh, Clem Unger, uh, he's going to be joining me on a regular basis, I think every every three months on the on the equinoxes and on the solstices. Uh, hello, Clem. Hi, Alan. How are you? Ah, doing great, doing great. It is a freezing cold, lovely winter's morning. Uh, well, winter's dying now, but it hasn't warmed up yet, so <laughs> here we are. <laughs> yeah, here uh, uh, in Melbourne, it's um, a winter's uh, yeah, early afternoon. It's, it's three o'clock. It's overcast. And um, astronomy-wise, a bit ordinary, I have to say. So um, hopefully it gets better. <laughs> so uh, we had a few things in mind we wanted to talk about. Um, I think let us start. Uh, might as well do the classic traditional what's up in the sky guide. Uh, we were mentioning just before, uh, looks like in December, we're going to have at Comet 46P. Well, you're German-ish. Yeah, you can probably pronounce this better than I can. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's has it? Uh, 46p Wiltanen. It sounds very Finnish to me, I have to say. So uh, Wiltanen it would be. And uh, uh, it travels from uh, Fornax in November through Cetus and arrives um, around December 16, very close to the Pleiades. And with a little bit of luck, it will be um, fourth magnitude and which means you can see it with the naked eye and because Taurus is uh, quite easy to navigate if you look up uh, a map of the comet you should find it uh, with a pair of binoculars fairly easy so look for a fuzzy patch mm. well that's I'm looking forward to that. I love comets you know especially the bright ones that you can see through binoculars or even naked eye yeah absolutely and I mean we here in Australia we are lucky uh, um, that we have someone like uh, Terry Lovejoy uh, in Queensland yeah. who has the, has the knack of, of uh, uh, discovering some some of them which is a real gift uh, com- considering that you have uh, these days uh, the automated sky survey so um, it, it shows how skilled uh, some of the amateurs are who are out there to still be able to find a new comet no Let's see, this is supposed to come out 21st September. So I'm looking at my sky guide here, and September has got nothing after the 20th. So, <laughs> anything on your side? <laughs> well, uh, yeah, September. I mean, considering that we probably uh, have that show on air, air late September, I would think. Mm, um, yeah. Um, so, um, you, we still have um, obviously a show of. Um, the bright planets in the sky uh, all through uh, the early parts of October, which is certainly something um, everyone should should still take advantage of because by the end of the year, it's all uh, pretty over uh, uh, with the big planets. So uh, get your telescopes out and have a look. Of course, at the moment, they are all visible in the evening sky, aren't they? I believe. It's, that, you've got that, that's right. I Mercury's, mean, uh, Mercury's a bit tough, have, but I think the rest are, yeah. yeah. Mercury, you have to get up early in the morning. But apart from that, you've got uh, Venus. Um, at the time we recording, it was really close to Spica, uh, um, and uh, 
uh, Jupiter uh, and overhead you've got Saturn and Mars nicely still uh, very large in any any amateur telescope so definitely have a look and and try to pick up the polar caps and maybe some surface features if you can mm. And moving to October, let's see. The first thing on my list, uh, I'm mentioning out of interest, not because I think we have any hope of seeing it, is uh, on the first Comet 26P, Grig Skjellerup, which I'm guessing is another Scandinavian name, uh, uh, is yes. at Perihelion. <laughs> <laughs> but this one does not appear in any of my of my lists, so I'm guessing it must uh, must be very faint. Have you heard of this one? Uh, I have, I have, but uh, I have never either seen it or, or taken photos of it. So uh, weather permitting, we give it a go. All right. Uh, then let's see. Uh, Venus will be stationary on the 5th of October. So I guess that's the point where it will then start to lower itself in the sky. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Uh, what else? Let me see. I see on the 10th, Mercury will be very close to the moon. That's usually interesting to see. Always very pretty, photogenic. Yeah, and and uh, for those who have never tried to, to find Mercury, it's um, a good opportunity to locate it um, because it it can be a little bit difficult. Mm. So uh, if you if you have the crescent moon there, uh, look for sort of a slightly yellowish um, star-like object, and and uh, um, that's it. So you found our innermost planet, and. Mm. Uh, a day later, you've got the crescent moon uh, next to Venus uh, on the 11th of October and on the 12th um, next to Jupiter. So um, you can see uh, how uh, much the moon moves every day. So it's actually quite a good thing to go out in successive nights and have a look. Um, so it moves quite a bit. Mm. And then on the 15th, Saturn also will be very close to it. Uh, yep. And then on the 16th, uh, the Lunar X will be visible uh, at, at about, well, it says here at about 5 to 8 South African time. So, yeah, 5, five, to, five to 10 Universal time. Uh, lunar X is something I've never seen myself. But, yeah, uh, yeah, I'm looking at a picture here, but basically it's a number of craters who are just happen to be shaped in such a way that on these rare occasions, when the sun comes at the right angle, it shows up as an, an X. And I believe there is yeah. a V a little bit further to the, where is it, to the south, I think? Yeah, and it probably gets all the conspiracy theorists going. X or a V there. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, definitely uh, worthwhile trying and... and uh, also identify some of the craters nearby that's always good fun Mm. we do put on the uh, south african astronomical society on twitter every time this happens we will post a little photograph of what it looks like and the times to look it's a binocular object i understand object Um, you know uh, thing yes i mean if you've got some some reasonably good binoculars you you can identify a lot of um very nice uh, details on the moon and uh, so it's a good way to start so you don't need always um, a, a big expensive telescope so um, it's a good thing to do yeah what's next on, on our list you see on the 18th I see Mars is then near the moon yes uh, and, yeah. and um, two days 
uh, earlier on the 16th, you've got Venus and Mercury actually fairly close together as well. So um, that might be a nice photo opportunity as well. Mm. Notice that everything on this list is it's all it's mostly naked eye stuff, which is of course best looking at the planets as they move through the sky. That uh, I found that very satisfying. I did that for many many years before I had a telescope, just track where they are. Uh, that's right, and uh, if you've got uh, um, a reasonably good sky, um, you could try your hands on a meteor shower. You've got on the 22nd of October the uh, the maximum of the Orionids. Um, this year, a little bit hampered by the moon, but uh, nevertheless, um, you should be able to pick up a few uh, uh, meteors about 30 per hour is estimated so i mean you never know what it's gonna be with things like that but um definitely give it a go um originating comet is halley so um good one and the orionids are very fast so it's mm. one of the fastest uh, uh, um, meteors uh, you can see in the sky so they really zip really fast across the sky Mm. If you're a morning person, I think that they that's the best way to look at them. Get up yeah. <laughs> before the sun comes up rather than just after it's come down, or you won't yeah. see much. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So you have to hang in a bit. Which is why I so seldom see uh, <laughs> a meteor shower. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Okay. Uh, I see on the 24th full moon. Yep. And then 26th Venus is a conjunction. Okay. Oh, I see. On the thirty-first, it is Dark Matter Day. I wonder who. Oh, de- I, I, I missed that one. I wonder who decided that. <laughs> dark Matter okay. Day. What is? What is strange? All right. Well then, um, I see. On the second of. Oh, I've skipped a month. Sorry, I'm looking at December now. Uh, do you have anything else worked for October that's interesting? Um, no, I think um, that rolls it pretty much up. Um, I mean. Um, some things uh, uh, which are always nice are maybe some some deep sky objects you can try at that time of the year. And one of my my favorites um, is always uh, um, forty seven uh, Tucane, the globular gl- cluster. Um, that's a that's, gem. That one, yeah. Yeah, and and uh, I mean most people, especially when they. Uh, um, come from the northern hemisphere they always try to see Omega Centauri but uh, I, I think uh, 47 Tucane even beats it and, and it's lovely in, in a nice uh, low mag eyepiece uh, just mm. gorgeous really nice to my mind I think Omega Sen is it's best as a binocular object you know it's just not, it's, you just can't see it through a telescope because it's too big it's usually bigger than your field of view while yeah 47 tuck is just it's a gem it is so dense and bright Mm. i love that Uh, one and and uh, as you say gem uh, um, um, the jewel box uh, uh, springs to mind as well in crux Mm. Um, uh, so uh, that's a nice little open cluster with one um, red star in the middle and lots of blue ones so um really gorgeous um and easy to find as well yes yeah uh back to 47 tuck something interesting is that i'd never noticed before because my skies had never quite been dark enough is that it is right right up against a small magellanic cloud and it doesn't take much of a photograph to to bring that out i captured a nice one a couple of years ago which 
Yeah. Yeah. If you if you have dark skies and and um, a reasonably fast uh, um, lens on a camera, um, you you easily get that. Not a problem. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, something else I see. It doesn't show up on any of the daily items, but it's uh, Comet 21P, uh, Giacobini Zinner. Zinner, Is visible for, I believe, the next few months. It looks like it is approaching its brightest now. In fact, I think when this comes out, it might just have passed its brightest point. Uh, If I recall correctly, let me just double-check my notes here. Yeah, September 10th. So tomorrow, the day after we record... But it should still be should be quite a good show. Uh, if I recall, that is passing Orion at the moment. Uh, I'm not entirely clear where it'll be uh, towards the end of the month. Yeah, uh, you, you beat me. I, I haven't got the chart in front of. Me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I must have one somewhere in, in, in my in my book here. Well, we'll we'll get to that. You know, we'll we'll, we'll put details on the notes because we uh, we didn't. Uh, uh, prepare for for this comment very well. <laughs> uh, but uh, okay. yep. comets can also be a little bit of a surprise because sometimes you get a brightening in um, in them uh, uh, more than expected, and and so um, it's always a good idea to keep keep an eye on um, some of the. Uh, um, news feeds uh, astronomy wise if there's something going on so definitely have a look at that mm, yeah and of course usually you can catch them just with binoculars so it's always worth a shot yeah well the good ones uh, alright so in November <laughs> what do we have <laughs> uh, um, okay another comment here I see 64p swift girls hmm. on the third at perihelion again this isn't on any of my normal lists uh, do you know about this one? Nope. Um, have never seen this one, but um, there are obviously oodles of periodical comets mm. out there, and uh, some of them, um, they're just a, a fuzzy little spot in a star field, uh, which take a little bit of star hopping to get there, but yeah. um, it's a reward oh, I found if it. you finally find it. I found it on this list here, uh, that Southern Comets homepage I was talking about earlier, which I'll link to mm. on the show notes. Uh, 64P Swift Girls, 13th magnitude at the moment. Uh, ex- they're guessing it'll peak at about 11th in November. So, yeah, this is probably not even worth it with binoculars, I would say. Mm. That's a bit of a challenge for a medium-sized telescope, too, because you, um, yeah. depending how it, how it turns out. Maybe it's got a tail, so... Um, I'm I'm not familiar with that one. All right. Let's see. Uh, Mercury at greatest latitude south and greatest elongation on the 5th and the 6th. So, yeah, 23 degrees. That's actually uh, might be your best chance to see it then. So it'll be the morning of the 6th. I'm guessing it should be a morning object then. Yes, it is. Yeah. Uh, new moon on the 7th. Jupiter near the moon on the 8th. Uh, so these are always full of items like this, which are lovely to see, but I don't know if they're worth mentioning a month in advance. So what else do we have here? Leonids, I see, are at maximum on the 17th of November. Yep, that's right. And uh, uh, for the variable star observers, you got on the 26th, uh, Myra is at its brightest. Uh, if if that's of interest, uh, 
and um, then um, the previously mentioned um, Comet 46P Virtanen is the one uh, I would definitely keep an eye of, uh, out for. That seems to be really interesting. Mm. Okay, and uh, nothing particularly exciting happening in planetary-wise that I can tell, so I guess deep sky objects, not, what else will, have, will be new? I think November Orion should be starting to come into view in the late evening, if I recall correctly. Yep, and, uh, and that's always a favorite I have to yeah say. I, I mean what's there to I'll say right m42 is yeah. just a, is gorgeous yeah. uh and it's if you if you're photographic you can have a look for the horse head and the fox fur which are all in that area along orion's belt hmm. and uh, i mean i enjoy it uh, from my vantage point uh, where i live it's it's a bit of a bummer because uh, i'm uh, to the south of of and the southeast of Melbourne and uh, my northern skies where um, Orion and and uh, all the seasonal uh, um, constellations pop up uh, is a bit light polluted so um, a bit sad unfortunately but that's what yeah. it is. <laughs> All right, December then. Uh, I see Venus will be near the moon and that is always a treat on the third. Yeah. Uh, and then Jupiter and Mercury near the moon on the 6th. Yeah, Mercury will be back in the evening skies uh, in December. Yep, and on the 15th, you've got uh, the Geminids, um, which uh, I haven't checked the moon for that one. So, um, um, and um, so if it's halfway dark, um, you can have a look for them. Mm -hmm. And on on the twenty second, you have uh, Jupiter and Mercury very close together in the dawn sky, so maybe give that a go as well. Mm. I see it also on the sixth, the December Phoenician meteor showers at its maximum, which I've never heard of. Have you heard, <laughs> have you heard of this one? Um, no, I have to say, I mean there are a, a lot of minor. Uh, meteor meteor showers and um, uh, which means if it's not so publicized there are maybe 10 or so an hour and if you're lucky mm. and uh, um, but look by all means if it's a dark sky and the moon is on your side or not <laughs> yeah uh, give it a give it give it a go also the lunar uh, x will be visible on the 16th I see again again so again. if you missed it yeah if you missed it in october try again in december <laughs> exactly <coughs> x marks the x marks the spot that's that's mm. right so mm. uh what else then of course uh the solstice will be on just after midnight by south african time on the on the 22nd so you'll still have it on the 21st when mm -hmm. it's supposed to be uh Right, well, we don't count anything after that because that's when the next episode will be coming out. Absolutely, we'll be back and, and people will be waiting to download the next episode. So what's a... Well, I guess that that's the what's up thing. Uh, was there any... What, 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 I can definitely edit that out. <laughs> uh, uh, did you have anything... You, you, I believe you had something to talk about uh, with, um, with some space missions coming up. Um, yes, I mean, uh, we, we can 
look what just happened um, this week. Um, um, our um, uh, one of the Soyuz spacecraft on the ISS had a leak. Um, it was a small hole in it, and um, which obviously uh, always results in great panic on the ISS. Mm -hmm. And um, um, uh, first, um, they thought it was a micrometeorite, but um, it looks like that um, actually someone drilled a hole in the spacecraft uh, with it. Uh, obviously, someone um, probably during the production um, drilled a hole somewhere where it's not supposed to be. And um, yeah, um, it caused um, a bit of pan panic on the ISS. So I'm uh, pretty certain somewhere in Russia, someone's not going to be very happy. Oh, they'll probably be executed or sent to the gulag or something. Oh, <laughs> <that>. <laughs> yeah, yeah um, I'm, I'm sure there is um, some some um, negative outcome for the people involved. And yeah. um, uh, then um, further on, I mean, you know, I've got a soft spot for uh, spacecraft that go to asteroids uh, because uh -huh. I'm in, involved with um, OSIRIS-REx, but um, OSIRIS-REx gets at the moment... Um, beaten, uh, if I can say so, by Hayabusa 2, the Japanese spacecraft, which um, is at um, um, asteroid Ryugu. And um, end of September and early October, they're actually dropping a few little landers on that um, uh, asteroid. And uh, two Japanese ones and uh, one, I believe, um, German-French um little lander which hop over the surface so that should be pretty cool to see yeah so. I, I, I was very excited about about hayabusa 2 because i remember hayabusa 1 which was an amazing just an amazing story to follow you know everything everything went wrong and they managed to limp that thing home complete the mission how many years late did it arrive because of the extra extra steps they had to take just to try and get past the failed engine and failed uh, was it the reaction wheels and well I, I yeah, think everything and, uh, I mean uh, great in engineering outcome in the end despite failure so mm -hmm. um, uh, really really good and uh, but the the second Hayabusa mission so uh, they didn't choose a, another name so I think they, they trusted themselves good one <laughs> um, and they're there and uh, so far uh, uh, the, the scans of the surface of uh, the asteroid are great and uh, I'm, I'm really looking forward to uh, these these little landers because um, what uh, Philae with uh, Rosetta did sort of a bit um, uh, uh, not deliberately bouncing over the surface of, of um, the comet in, in Philae's uh, case um, uh. is del deliberate at Ryugu because um, these um, little landers have um, like um, masses built in which uh, makes the, uh, the lander hop for uh, a few hundred meters. So, so that should, uh. be, should be interesting because you don't need much to move on, on that surface because the, the gravity of the, the body is... is more than low uh, I think it's an 80,000th of um, earth so an 80,000th G um, yeah so you only have to sneeze and you're off and they haven't had any technical faults this time around have they 
No, uh, goes really, really well, and and hence I'm I'm quite excited because uh, they're not only coming back uh, hopefully with a sample, they they also have these landers, and and uh, if anything, it it's it's. Uh, down the track proof of concept if you want to do something else because if you eventually think of roping an asteroid in and uh, mining it on whatever you you need to know how to to move around on the surface on a thing like that so mm. um it's it's quite tricky i would say um it's not uh like uh, good old bruce willis in in armageddon <laughs> um you know you yeah <laughs> So um, um, I, um, I think that's a fantastic mission and, and uh, obviously followed by, by Osiris Rex, who um, successfully acquired um, its asteroid Bennu um, in, in August with its long range uh, cameras. So they have the target in field. So and uh, it, the spacecraft will arrive in um, December. And um, so it's it's busy time for deep space missions the same like um new horizons um they'll be on new year's day at uh, ultima thu um uh, our kuiper belt object there mm. and and i mean that should be absolutely spectacular when they zip past that one and uh, over the next uh, probably two years you get the photos back because it takes so long to send them down here yeah uh, yeah I can't wait for that either because, I mean, the Pluto results were just so surprising and amazing. And I wonder what is further out there. What um, studios going to collect? Ab- absolutely. I mean, there, there, there are uh, many objects like that out there just waiting to be discovered. And, and uh, so I'm, I'm excited for, for NASA that they decided to, to, first of all, keep the mission going and um, go for a Kuiper Belt object and who knows what comes after. Um, so um, I wish uh, Alan Stern and the team all the best of luck that they don't drive it in, into, <laughs> into the Kuiper Belt object, but uh, they, are, they are really good with what they do. So um, And on that note, for... Um, everyone uh, out there reading a little bit of astronomy um, literature, uh, Alan Stern and uh, David Grinspoon, um, they um, co-authored a book um, uh, about uh, the New Horizons mission and uh, um, the the many many decades of history behind um, getting actually to the mission and and the politics so um and and um, also with nice photos in it so i highly recommend it so if you uh, can get your hands on it it's also available as an audio book uh minus pictures um <laughs> from <laughs> from um the i believe audible so i'm i'm not getting any any uh, uh royalties from audible but i know they have it so um if you prefer to drive to work and listen to something like that, do it. It's good. Yeah. All right. Then great. Um, it's funny. Yeah. I uh, I see. Guess what's back in the news uh, since we mentioned Pluto is uh, this idea of changing it back to a planet. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it, it, it's funny because on the one hand, I am so over this. I don't care anymore. Pluto doesn't care. You know, Pluto was a planet when New Horizons was launched. Uh, unless I've got my timelines wrong, it stopped being a planet. But 
the planet the the it was still the same the same fascinating little world it's still out there uh it's i don't know it seems like an emotional decision to me and although the latest arguments which is not that new but i believe it's being reiterated and refined a bit is that we should define a planet based on what a world is rather than where it is which i find hard to argue against i mean i'm uh, a bit uh, uh, conservative and i i was i mean upsets too much but i i thought it was a bit short-sighted to to change it into a a a, a small what's the official term minor planet uh, i believe yeah dwarf planets i believe I dwarf, think, yeah. dwarf planet yes mm-hmm. uh, and and um, if you look at the the history behind it i mean it's 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 more politics than anything who did that and and one, when they voted on it uh, half of the people who were allowed to vote weren't there so mm-hmm. um and um so uh for me when i learned my planets pluto was a planet and you yeah. know bolo- bollocks it's still one <laughs> <laughs> yeah no it's 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 strange i mean i've i've always taken the ground that a planet is what we define it to be it's a, is a it's a human concept you know the physical rocks mm-hmm. don't change so the reason it changed made sense to me uh, simply that there was no formal definition. And we have this problem with many things. What exactly is a galaxy? What is an asteroid? Where does something stop being an asteroid and start being a planet? Or stop being a comet or, or what have you? That's so, exactly what I want to say because uh, between uh, a comet and asteroid, that's very fluid, uh, especially if you look at things like uh, um, uh, 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 Girasimenko, um, where, where Rosetta was, that, mm. that's a that's more or less a rock uh, with obviously uh, condensed gases on it. Um, and and but uh, once once the the comet has outgassed most of its uh, um, solidified gases, you're left with a pile of rubble going uh, on on the same um, path uh, orbit. And uh, so you, you suddenly. It's an asteroid, I would say. So, um, look, I I think we haven't seen the end of it. Mm. It's going to go round and round. And like I said, although I was was quite convinced by the original argument uh, that a definition is needed and this is how it was decided by whatever process, that's what it is now. But the new arguments were changing to say that it should be, you know, it shouldn't be disqualified from being a planet just because its orbit is the wrong shape, for example. (laughs) Um, especially since orbits change you know planets move you look at the nice model um so something that's a planet today might not be a planet in a few billion years Hmm. Uh, let's just say it's a big round world big enough that it's round um Uh, it's absolutely it's round um and 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 it's um, not fusing hydrogen (laughs) it's got it's got a it's got a it's got a moon a big one and 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 some smaller ones and and uh, so uh look uh, it, as you say in the end it doesn't really matter it's a it's a it's a beautiful celestial body um i i loved the photos and and um you know uh, i hope one day we'll go back maybe with a lander i mean it that should be mm. really spectacular and i hope um you know i'm still around to see it because that's obviously very long term stuff yeah. 
Um, I don't have anything else. Thing, do you? Yes, yes, I, I actually do um, uh, because um, we've got uh, Martian lander on the way, Insight, um, which is going to touch down on Mars on the twenty sixth of November, and um, it uh, will be in Elysium Planitia, and um, our. Uh, Friends from the other podcast in the UK, Awesome Astronomy, uh, they might want to open the door and have a look for it if they can see it because they claim to um, um, do their broadcast from a bunker in Mars. So uh, on Mars. So let's see. Oh, well, let's see. Yeah, we can find them this time and, <laughs> and find out. Are they actually the threat they claim to be, or is it just too? Is it just too? You know, whining Martians making <laughs> empty threats and waving their fists at the sky. Yeah, and uh, maybe they are actually in Wales and not on Mars. Who knows? Oh, wouldn't that be wouldn't wouldn't that be the best double bluff? Eh? <laughs> <laughs> Got us all worried for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> yes, so I mean that's definitely something to to look out for because um, um, all jokes aside, landing on Mars is always a challenge, and mm. uh, there have been uh, oodles of failures. And um, so let's see uh, if they can get inside uh, uh, in one down on the ground. Uh, uses a little bit uh, uh, of a proven concept, um, initially uh, done with the Viking landers uh, um, quite a while ago, but it has a double, which is the Phoenix um, lander, uh, which was the north northernmost uh, lander on Mars. And it's basically a carbon copy of that with a different um, science suite. So you have um, a few other things on board and they're going to try to drill, um, I think, a two or three meter deep hole uh, to mm. to uh, investigate uh, um, uh, temperatures and, and math quakes and stuff, mass quakes and stuff like that. So it should be interesting. Yeah, that sounds valuable then. Whose mission is this? Um, it is. Uh, it's a NASA mission, and oh, yeah. um, it's. Uh, I would say it's JPL, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Just uh, built by Lockheed Martin, and it's actually one of the cheaper, in inverted commas, mission. Uh, it's just eight hundred thirty <coughs> million dollars. So um, yeah. Oh, bargain! Yeah. <laughs> well, could have, uh, a, could have run that space, off a Kickstarter. Yeah, <laughs> spa, spa, <laughs> space is expensive. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, um, and uh, but it's stationary, so it's not not a rover uh, like Curiosity or Spirit and Opportunity. Um, it's once it's down, it sits there, and uh, so um, yeah, I wish him the best of luck because it's not easy to land on Mars. No, no, it's not. Okay. Well, and I see my battery is starting to run low, so uh, <laughs> do, you, do you have much more to get through? <laughs> um, just a, a few little things in terms of, of launches, um, because oh, I, yes. I, I love a good uh, rocket launch uh, on October 18th, 18th or 19th, depending where you are. Uh, you've got an Ariane 5 with um, the European Bepi Colombo mission um, uh, to Mercury. Mm. Uh, so that's a joint uh, ESA um, Japanese Space Agency mission. It's got two uh, spacecraft on board, definitely worthwhile having a look at. 
and um, we have um, for the southern hemisphere um, another try from Rocket Lab with their Electron rocket um, on um, uh, when is that sometime in 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 uh, November, and um, it has a couple of CubeSats on board. So let's see mm. the first launch. Uh, of that um, uh, rocket was successful, uh, where they launched this funny disco ball. Um, you might have remembered oh, that. Oh, yes, yes, yes. We all and got very excited uh, about that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, yes, so, and um, it's it's in the, uh, from the northern um, uh, island of New Zealand. And, uh, yeah, no, it's good to see that um, the Kiwis um, have something on the go there. I'm, I'm very pleased. And uh, so best of luck for that. And then we have in November, um, our friend Elon Musk is um, uh, launching uh, the Falcon 9 crew dragon capsule, um, okay. which which is uh, the first uh, uh, test mission to the ISS. It will be uncrewed, but it's the real thing. So it's the... Um, the uh, the capsule they're going to use to fly the astronauts up there and that will be really cool and last not least on november 30 you've got uh, a falcon heavy launch the second one uh, mm-hmm. this time without tesla but with some proper satellites <laughs> on board and um, uh, and one of them um, our friends from the planetary society will be holding their breath it's their little light sail two satellite ah. where they're going to uh, prove their um, light sail uh, um, capabilities of actually maneuvering satellites uh, closer to the sun around um, with a sail on on the solar wind. So that should be pretty cool. Mm. That uh, yeah, we should actually next time we should do a chat about how how light sails work. How do you use them? How do you navigate with them? Because I think I have an idea, but I'm going to have to do my homework before I can talk about it properly. Yeah, we maybe we should rope rope someone in who's actually um, yeah who has some experience from um, maybe someone from the planetary society like Bruce Betts who is the project mm. manager there. So um, that would be cool. All right, there we go. Uh, homework uh, set up. To you. <laughs> I'll get that lined up. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. So f- for the first time, I hope there's not too many ums and ahs in it, and. Um, well, let's let's see, and uh, I I'd I'd appreciate some feedback too. So um, from from the listeners, so um, good or bad, and and what we can can improve, I'd like to know. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, yeah, what what Clem said, you know, a bit of feedback is really what makes a podcast live or die. Uh, hearing from you guys, letting us know what you liked hearing, what we should do more of, and what we should do less of. Um, you can follow us both on on social media. Uh, I am at you astronomer, and uh, Clem, what's what's your handle again? It's the top of my head. Um, oh, God. I have these things saved, uh, so I don't have to remember <laughs> them. So <laughs> you you got me now. Um, it's at uh, Clemens Unger. Uh, so um, it's C L E M E N S U N G E R. So at Clemens Unger. And uh, you can find me on Twitter. I'm on Facebook as well. But um, you can send me a friend request. Uh, but um, I think Twitter these days seems the way to go. Facebook is is a bit too swamped with other things. I think. 
Yeah. If you want to Facebook us, uh, the the podcast does have a Facebook page. Um, it's just facebook.com slash urbanastronomer. Uh, we'll link to all of the stuff on the show notes page. Um, so you can send a message to either of us there. Or, yeah, just tweet us directly. Hmm. And we we always love to hear from from other people and and uh, yeah it's it's cool to see uh, uh, what you do send us a photo of uh, uh, maybe an observation you made based on the sky guide that would be cool yeah that'd be wonderful as well I look forward to that uh, all right well this has been great thanks uh, thanks for listening everybody and uh, yeah thanks for thanks for your help Clem uh, we're gonna make this regular. And- Absolutely, and and I would say it's it's probably um, the uh, the podcast where the two hosts are the furthest apart. Uh, I would say because I'm sitting in Melbourne and you're sitting in South Africa is pretty cool. Yeah, close to Pretoria. But that must be what is the distance there? It's a, I think it's oh, oh my I know it's eight time zones. I'm typing, uh, so I'm Pretoria. <laughs> Here we go. It's really uh, ten thousand. 10,344 kilometers and for the imperials amongst you you have to take the calendar uh, the calculator out. so there you go <laughs> so that'd be what roughly about 6,000 miles if you're a mile person but this is a southern hemisphere show nobody uses miles yeah and uh, on, only if you come from mars maybe right right That's strange <laughs> <laughs> it never made sense to me that people on Mars would be using a, 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 a measurement system based on a British monarch, but there you have it. So. <laughs> yeah, and 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 follow cricket and uh, Yorkshire comedy quite right. well. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, cool. There's got to be a connection. Anyway, thanks for <laughs> thanks for listening, guys. It's time uh, it's time for us to to, to end this now. See you. Bye bye. <laughs> Well, we hope you enjoyed that. Clem and I plan to do this regularly on each solstice and equinox, and as we work more together, you can only expect us to get smoother and better, just like everything else we do in life. So, if you enjoyed hearing us present together, please let us know. Uh, You can mail us at podcast at urban-astronomer.com, or leave a message on our Facebook page, or leave a comment on the show notes at www.urban-astronomer.com, or just tweet us directly. I am at U Astronomer, with the letter U Astronomer, and Clem is at Clemens Unger. That's C L E M E N S U N G E R. And the links to all of these uh, will be on the show notes page. We would love to hear from you and are especially interested in your suggestions for what we should put in the show. Do you find the Sky Guide useful? Are there any particular space missions you'd like Clem to talk more about? Should I bring in more of the physics and astronomy explainers? Please let us know. Otherwise, if you would like to thank us more directly, there are a few options, depending on your budgets and how much time you have. The easiest, most minimal efforts would be to simply leave a rating and review on iTunes or Google Podcasts or you know, or whatever direction you prefer. Or you can tell a friend how to find us and help us grow our audience in that way. Alternatively, if you have a few dollars or rands to spare, you can always support the show by visiting our Patreon page and making a small donation. We would obviously love to make thousands of dollars out of this, but if I put my greed aside for a moment, even a single dollar a month counts for something. It can go towards hosting, it can go to buying extra sound equipment as needed, and we would really appreciate anything you can do. 
The address is patreon.com forward slash urban astronomer or just click the Patreon icon on the Urban Astronomer website. Now the next episode will feature an interview with South African astronomer Itumeleng Murakeng, who I interviewed back in August. I will also be continuing our story of the life cycle of a star from diffuse cloud of gas to supernova, so be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast software using the links on the Urban Astronomer website at www.urban-astronomer.com and you'll be able to listen to it the moment it drops. Until that moment then, I hope you enjoyed the show and I hope that you have clear skies. Cheers. Cheers.